Crying is how your heart speaks when your lips can't explain the pain you feel. This is Sincerely Yours, and I'm your host, Cece Denno. Welcome to Sincerely Yours. This is a podcast about making sense and making it through life where I provide tips and tricks and helpful suggestions along the way. We have quotables at the beginning of every single podcast. The one for this one was one off my Pinterest board. And as no surprise, I'm all out of quotables. So I have a proposition for you. If you would like a quotable to be read at the beginning of the next podcast, you can submit one and it's super easy. I promise it's really easy. So if you want to email them in, it's sincerely yours at writeme.com or you can find me all over social media. That's on Facebook or Instagram at CC Knows It All or on Twitter at sincerely CCD. And if you do find me on social media, just send me a little note that you found me from the podcast so I know that you are a real person and that you are not fake and that I can follow you back. So get those quotables in. I would love to see them and I always love hearing from you guys. This is a super fun episode because a little different. I have a guest And I don't have them on too often, but they always have something good to say. So why don't we just go ahead and get right to it? We welcome Joel Ayupena from Real Revolution Radio, the number one source for inspirational podcasts to do a deep dive into mental health. Joel has a background as a veteran of the United States Air Force and a registered nurse, currently working as a charge nurse on a behavioral health dual diagnosis unit in northeastern Ohio. He has a vast and winding scope of understanding mental illness and transitioning it into creating a platform for inspiring others to reach their full potential. Welcome to the show, Joel. Well, thank you, Cecilia. It's, It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So just to start off, how did you get interested in nursing and how would you primarily focus on mental health? Wow. That, that's taken me way back in the day. Um, I believe it was uh, around ni- 1998 when I got back into school and uh, I decided to get into nursing. And it was something that my, my father uh, in the very beginning uh, like told me about. He says, you know, uh, nursing is going to be one of those trades that uh, it's, it's going to be needed. And so, you know, uh, just to be a, a big part of the, the workforce, you, you might want to jump into nursing. And, you know, I told him, well, Dad, I, I don't know about nursing. Uh, I was thinking about architecture, maybe engineering. Um, but the way life uh, kind of mixed things around and, and showed me ways <laughs> in which uh, my dad was correct, um, I, I started doing my own thing, getting into psychology, you know, and I started to find out, wow, okay, you need a graduate degree uh, to really get a job out there in psychology, um, to be a therapist and whatnot. And so uh, I gave it a try. I was like, you know what, let me jump into nursing, see uh, what I could do with that. And then I started to find out that, hey, you know, you can get into your own particular niche and your own 
specialized field in, into psychiatric nursing. And that's when I, I started to do some research on that, and I, I absolutely loved it. Just the, uh, when, when we had the um, uh, psychology rotation at nursing school, uh, you know, just going to different topics, mental disorders, um, different behavioral uh, type of stuff that, that goes along within the mental health community, uh, and along with the treatment of that, the, the different uh, you know mental illnesses, I started to really become far more interested into, into mental health than I thought. And I forget what what, what part of the uh, schooling it was, but we, we had some big time conference where you know um, mental health leaders within the field uh, came in, and there were you know, basically doing uh, some, some lectures and th- different uh, topics uh, into mental health. And I remember one of the, the lecturers asked uh, our crowd, uh, who amongst, you know, the 300, 400 people there within this crowd, uh, how many of you would like to get into psychiatric nursing? And it, it, it was me and two other people. Oh, no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And I kind of, and I was so proud to stand up and, and when, when uh, it was me and two other people, when we stood up, uh, the people that looked at us, they were like, oh, you want to get into psychiatric nursing? Really? You know, they gave us that type of look. And I was like, what's wrong with that? You know? And uh, that was my first taste of of, uh, of, of stigma. Um, you know, growing up, you know, I, I've been, you know, faced with, uh, uh, you know, stereotypes, racism, you know, all those isms growing up, you know, I'm, I'm uh, as a Filipino child, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant, um, came to the United States when I was four years of age, and my parents back then, you know, were, were in their 30s. And so it was, it was difficult uh, uh, growing up, but to, to experience that in your personal life, uh, the stigma uh, of being an immigrant, you know, growing up as, as a child, and then to experience that continued on into your own profession, uh, as a psychiatry nurse, you know, uh, from amongst your own peers within the nursing field, yeah, I started to realize, wow, it, it, it continues on into into different types of professions too. So uh, before, I used to be, you know, significantly, uh, you know, appalled by how people looked at me as a psychiatry nurse in the beginning, but now I, I embrace it. You know, just, just the same thing as I embrace uh, how I'm different uh, from amongst everybody else. I embrace uh, that that difference that I have, uh, you know, when comparing me to other people. And, and it was something that I didn't do uh, growing up as a child or even something that I was kind of afraid to do when I was going to nursing school. But, uh, you know, being in within the uh, – being a nurse for, for all these years, from uh, 2003, I believe, to, to the to, – to, to, what was it, 2019 now? Oh, my God. Yeah, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So throughout all these years, I, I embrace being a psychiatry nurse. I embrace the fact that I'm a podcaster. I'm, I embrace the fact that I, I'm a business owner, an entrepreneur, as a nurse, and, and uh, utilizing uh, my skill as a psychiatry nurse to, to help other people who have mental illness, who have uh, uh, you know, difficulty in, in trying to acclimate towards different life stressors, and then to bring that into into podcast radio, and and then owning my own network here with Real Revolution Radio X and helping 
other podcasters who have a voice and, and uh, empowering them, you know, and they don't have to be nurses. They could be anything that they would want to be someone who uh, just wants to contribute to uh, this, this revolution in podcast radio. And so, um, and I started realizing with that, you know, not to change the subject, but, but I started to realize too, that, you know, with podcast, you, you can uh, bridge the gap between, you know, uh, providing that empowerment to, uh, to people uh, who are in the nursing field, who who would like to help other other nurses, who would even like to like uh, to help other people who are in nursing school, but are having difficulty trying trying to pass their courses. So that, that there's so many things, so many niches, so many different ways that we can help each other, uh, not only as a nurse but as a podcaster too. So, um, and again, just uh, going through, uh, you know, this interview and, and just. Uh, recognizing the importance of, uh, of being a nurse, uh, recognizing the importance of, of uh, being aware and conscious of the, the different mental health concerns throughout the world, uh, not just in our country, but throughout the world. And, but in the same sense, uh, also uh, realizing and recognizing how we can help each other, um, you know, despite the differences, despite the dilemmas. And, and that's what it's all about. I, I learned after, you know, being a nurse for 16 years and, being in podcast radio for the last three or four years, that we do have that that power uh, to help each other to to come together as a tribal community. Yeah, absolutely. So, have you seen a change in the stigma around mental illness? Do you feel like that has changed in the last sixteen years? In my eyes, I believe so, especially within the profession, um, uh, because in psychiatry, nursing, uh, in psychiatric nursing. Uh, of course, you know, being within this particular niche, being within this this field for so long, uh, it's very difficult to go into the ICU and become your nurse. And then to flip that around uh, for an ICU nurse to go into psychiatry, to, to get floated to a, a behavioral health unit, which never happens, of course, but if, if that were to happen hypothetically, um, it'd be difficult, you know, I mean, uh, an ICU nurse has many different uh, skill levels, uh, skills, a different skill set in comparison to a behavioral health nurse. Um, and, you know, they, and not to say that's minimizing one or the other, it's just, uh, you know, when one is able to use one particular skill set and not the other, of course, you're going to be more skilled in one set as opposed to the other. Um, of course, I can't do... Uh, many things that an ICU nurse can do on a regular basis, but uh, uh, an ICU nurse can do uh, a, psychiatric, a psychiatric nurse's job, um, you know, effectively as well. Um, I got to say too, from the last 16 years, it's like the the ability to to calm down a person uh, is it, a wonderful thing uh, without the use of any uh, any particular type of medication. If you can be able to calm a person down just from, from the words you use, uh, just from the the coping mechanisms that you're able to instill in that person, uh, especially even if that that uh, that patient is violent and he's been uh, you know medicated so many times that he just gets so agitated and he knows the next step to what's going to happen when he gets medicated when he sees the cop when you when he sees. Uh, the the syringe when he sees the medication about to get uh, drawn into the syringe, but when you got a, a, a well versed, experienced psychiatric nurse who's there who can calm him down uh, by the use of uh, 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 
what, what the police call <laughs> uh, verbal judo or for what the, uh, many uh, people, uh, philosophers or even uh, psychologists or even uh, people who are well-versed into talking people down into neuro-linguistic programming. And when you can be able to talk a person down from a, a high, heightened level of, of agitation to uh, talking to them and convincing them that, hey, take this medicine. It'll help you to calm down and help you to ease up. And guess what? You, you might even take a nap, and that's something that you need. You haven't slept for, for a few nights, so, so guess what? Let, let's, let's go and take this medicine. You'll, you'll feel a lot better in the morning. And then, you know, just in that logic alone, it's like, yeah, you're right, you know. Of course, it doesn't come that easy, but by knowing that particular patient, by knowing uh, those particular uh, patients that you, you've uh, dealt with in the past who uh, have been at that, that same type of scenario, that same type of uh, uh, dilemma, uh, that heightened sense of anxiety and agitation. And when you are exposed to that particular patient and able to, uh, to bring them down to where they are not violent, to where they... Uh, uh, become more reasonable and for which they can also uh, just de-escalate and, and, be, and also be conscious that, hey, oh my God, I can't believe I just swung at that one nurse. You know, sometimes they, they, they don't even know that they're, they're violent, that they don't, they don't even know that they're at that heightened state of anxiety. And sometimes they just need that coaching uh, to identify uh, uh, the comparisons between them being at a much more calm level to uh, a sense of anxiety. So, so uh, talking down a, a, a patient who is at a, uh, at a crisis level is, is one of the, the things that not a lot of people, they don't have that, that particular skill set. You know, sometimes they, they don't even want to uh, deal with that, that person. They just medicate them. Yeah, no, that is definitely, that's truly a gift if you have, if you have that skill set where you can take someone who is erratic and calm them down. Right. Absolutely. I feel like mental illness is very hard to overcome. What What is it that you see in people for them to overcome their mental illness to lead produ- productive lives? Well, I guess the best thing to do uh, when you're you're attempting to uh, to see someone at eye level when it comes to mental health and, and well being uh, is to meet them at, at eye level. Kind of, and if you've uh, experienced um, anxiety, depression, or even when you've uh, you've come through a period in life where you, you've uh, been exposed to a lot of difficulty, such as divorce, or even uh, when you, you did have an anxiety attack, or even uh, if you had a PTSD moment, sharing th- those experiences w- with the patient, even though it may not be as extreme, it, it helps the patient to realize that, hey, this nurse is, is human too. And it's not that um, that white coat syndrome where the person who is treating you is, is uh, much better than you. You know, they're, they're a doctor, they're a nurse, they're, they're perfect. But look at me, I'm in a hospital setting, you know, with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, uh, depression, anxiety, and, and here, you know, I'm at the bottom of, of my life. Uh, and but when you're able to uh, to show the human portions of yourself, to your clientele, your patients, um, that, that means all the world, you know. And, and even just, just uh, uh, being able to just listen and 
I mean, there, there is a therapeutic approach to just being silent and, and just listening as opposed to uh, instructing or uh, providing, uh, you know, additional verbal guidance. Just listening and, and to, you know, and to basically hear them out, uh, it means all the world to the patient who, who uh, is at a, a lower state of crisis. So, so absolutely. That, that's something, that's one of the, the particular traits of a uh, well-versed uh, psychiatric nurse, uh, being able to listen, uh, offer silence, and to uh, share your own story, you know, just show the, the human side of, of who you are and treating your, your, your patients. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Are there certain things we can do to maintain good mental health? Uh, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's a balance of everything. Um, I know some people are more susceptible than others. You know, of course, uh, genetics plays, plays a big uh, portion of where we are as far as uh, maintaining the, the balance uh, within our mental health. It's, it's uh, the same thing as when uh, you're, you're trying to balance things out uh, physically uh, with your own physical health. You, you really need a balance. Um, and then when you, bring, when you bridge the gap between the physical nature of things to the, your mental health, you, you definitely need to uh, uh, have balance there. So, you know, uh, you know proper exercise is, is a wonderful thing. Being able to relax yourself, breathing exercises, um, yoga, you know, all of these other uh, things that we do that we may think, you know, it's, it's nothing. We kind of brush it to the side, you know, bike rides, walking, jogging. Th- th- those things are, are needed every day, <laughs> you know. And if, uh, and if you don't have that, then, you know, uh, you know, the stress will teeter one way as opposed to the other. And then you're going to have imbalance. So you really got to have a, uh, a nice, even-tiered way of how you approach life. And it's not going to come uh, instantaneously or all at once. Uh, it's all about uh, just going through life and, and just accumulating the, the experiences or even uh, the, the recommendations and suggestions from other people and how you deal with things. So uh, being conscious and aware of, of who you are and and uh, where you've been and where you're going, that, that plays a big role in how we can maintain uh, uh, proper mental health on a regular day basis. I mean, it, it goes way deeper than that, but uh, if you're able to, to recognize a self, you, you can recognize that, that you yourself can, can help and heal everything. Uh, it's not the doctors, it's not the nurses, it, it, it's, it's you. And the doctors and the nurses are the ones that help you to remember that you are, you yourself can only heal and, and maintain yourself. And I know that may sound philosophical, but to tell you the truth, that, 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 that's so true. Uh, uh, the, the healer is, is you. And when you become more self-aware and conscious of who you are, uh, where you've been, and where you're going, you, you can uh, realize what, what fits you. You know, not all exercises are, are built for you, but you gotta uh, you gotta ascertain that uh, for for yourself. You know, if if you like yoga, if you like running, you may not like uh, weightlifting or or swimming. Okay, so you gotta find different ways and and how you can maintain the balance. And sometimes breathing exercises don't work for everybody, but if you uh, do something else that, which helps to maintain. 
uh, or promote relaxation, um, that may help you too as well. So, so there are many different ways in how, how people can uh, mix and mold things together. So if you're able to be conscious and aware of that, uh, of self, you, you can be able to to uh, to take anything on in life. But you, you just have to identify your limits, your triggers. Uh, you got to identify the things that, that, that make you happy. Because, uh, again, uh, my happiness is not your happiness. What makes me happy it may not be the same thing that makes you happy. You have to determine that for yourself. And when you come from, and that's another thing, uh, another trick of the trade that I found out, even for myself, you know, not only helping with the patients, but going through, uh, you know, similar struggles that uh, my patients have gone through by identifying or being conscious of, of coming from a place of abundance and not from a place of scarcity is very important. And uh, and to tell you the truth, I, I don't know uh, for you in, in, in your uh, in your trade and what you've experienced in in healthcare related uh, uh, in the healthcare related field. Uh, I believe too that the energy plays a big part of of how we uh, deal with not only our patients but and how we take care of ourselves. Right. That has like a lot of, that has like a lot of reframing around it. Like if this situation is not ideal, it's just to find the silver lining and think positive about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, positive thinking is another uh, realm of of, of that. Uh, Reframing things, putting things into perspective. Uh, And like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, coming from a place of, of abundance and not from a place of scarcity, that's very important too. But uh, yeah. Uh, Positive thinking is, is, is a very uh, wonderful uh, way. It's, it's a wonderful tool, but it goes deeper than just positive thinking. It it, it, it has it goes you, you have in order to make positive thinking effective, you have to go and and, and uh, bridge the gap between just saying it to to doing it. So when you when you support your your verbal intonation with with a a physical a supportive behavior, uh, that's that's where you manifest things into reality, if, if, that, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I was just curious to know, so if we do have someone close to us who is struggling with their mental health, how do we have a conversation with them to address what they can do or what they're looking for? Well, that, that, that can be pretty hard, too, because, you know, um, if if uh, especially if it's your, your your husband or your wife, and you're you're very close to that person, th- that can be very difficult because you know in many ways the person that you're talking to just looks at you and just brushes things off because you know they're your husband or wife you know um, or even especially if it's a family member it, that becomes very difficult. So uh, a very good approach to 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 handle that would just be yeah, through baby steps, you know. Um, and by doing that, uh, of course, being very understanding of the situation and being very sincere, not, not being very demanding, that, that could uh, that could really uh, prove itself to be, uh, it, it could be the opposite effect of what you really want to happen. That could push a person away and that, that could shut them off. So if you're, you're pointing the finger, you're becoming very judgmental, 
uh, that's not the uh, the best way to to approach something like that. To say if you're you you want to talk to your husband or your wife about a particular thing, uh, but to, to be very sincere and to uh, um, to be very open, and very understanding, and non-judgmental, and non-resentful too, by being conscious of yourself and how you approach things and how you say things, that that's very important when when talking to someone who uh, is experiencing mental illness. Um, and of course, there are many ways to, to approach it too at a, at a deeper level, but uh, that is very difficult. If you don't get any type of uh, help upon that, and, and you're not well versed in knowing how to talk to a family member or anybody in particular, yeah, definitely uh, try to to get some help or even you know um, some therapy about that, or even to research the the material for itself, because approaching that person uh, without Educating yourself or knowing what you're getting into uh, within that conversation uh, with your your significant other or your loved one, uh, you're kind of walking a very thin line between them shutting off or to just basically uh, being resentful towards you, you know, despite the fact that that you do care. Right, right, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, taking it upon yourself to be knowledgeable in the situation and have a very good outlook on that too. Um, so I was just, last I'd like to ask, is there anything else you'd like to share about mental illness that you think we should know? Well, uh, yeah, with mental illness, yeah, um, the stigma is, is one thing. And for anybody who does not recognize what mental illness is about, well, definitely uh, research the, the issue about it. There's many components to mental illness. Uh, the one disorder that I, I feel it's very difficult because I've experienced it in the past with other family members. It's a you know bipolar disorder. Uh, you know, for for the people involved, it's very difficult because when you look at the the person diagnosed with the this particular mental disorder, they they appear very uh, very normal. Okay, even just talking to them, very normal, and you won't be able to to see the the signs and symptoms of bipolar disorder unless you you. You, you live with that person. You, you've talked to that person. And there could be like little small instances here and there where you start to see, uh, you know, the signs and symptoms. Uh, but when you start to uh, talk to uh, the patient's family, the husband, the wife, uh, mother and father, you, you really start to see, from that particular instance, you, you can really start to, to see and feel uh, where the pain is, 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 is building up and it's, it's the people around uh, that particular person uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And, and I'm, not, I'm not just using that in particular. Um, I'm just using that as an example because there, there are other components to mental illness, such as uh, schizophrenia, uh, borderline personality disorder, anxiety, depression, so forth. Uh, and, and many people may, again, with different diagnoses that they may look, look normal, but inside uh, it's a different story. So just as, you know, people have heart disease, diabetes, you know, it's very difficult to to, uh, to not put or to, it's very difficult to not put a label or stigma or a certain stereotype towards someone who's diagnosed with mental illness. You may think of them as being crazy, but, um, you know, for, for people out there who are, 
going through a crisis and mental illness, who have a family member who's going through mental illness, uh, definitely be conscious and aware of of, uh, of being judgmental, of the stigma, the stereotype, because it's out there. And, and once uh, something is approached with, at that level, um, then it becomes very difficult. We, we have to be understanding and, and very open and and very just very compromising with with the, the people that are involved because it is very difficult. And if we don't understand what we're dealing with, then uh, it, it becomes very difficult and it becomes a very painful process, um, you know, 10 times than what it should be. So uh, people out there, absolutely. So um, that's, that's my, I mean, uh, mental illness goes way deeper than the, our conversation after this very short period of time, but um, but that that's the biggest thing that I've I've seen and that it, that I've experienced. Yeah, definitely, be conscious on uh, how you perceive things, you know, and and uh, approach it with an open heart. And when we're able to do that, uh, you know, understanding uh, becomes a, a huge role in how we deal with mental illness. And so, um, and, and again, you know, just because. Uh, you know, someone might be, uh, uh, you know, sent out to a psychiatric unit. unit. Uh, they're people too, you know. No, no matter how people describe how it looks like from the outside as being crazy or, or whatnot, these are people too. And we, we have to be conscious of that. Yeah, I, com- I completely agree. And um, I know it's a, it's a hard topic to talk about, and I did want to bring it. Uh, just a little more information for everybody. So I appreciate you coming on the show and I appreciate your time and thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, Joel. Absolutely. And thank All right. So there we go. I have to thank Joel again for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge about mental illness. And of course, you guys know I'm a huge advocate for physical health, and I was just curious to see if there were certain things that we can do to maintain good mental health, because I don't think that's discussed very often, and I know that life has a lot of stressors, and he talked about certain things that can set people off when they don't have an outlet to relax or sleep or, you know, get their mind at ease. And, um, so I hope you found anything in this show helpful. I hope that it can, um, be a positive impact on your life. And also, um, it's important to share. So if you uh, are like someone struggling with mental illness or know someone in the, in your life who have mental illness, you need to have a conversation with them. Uh, maybe this will point you in the right direction. But um, but you guys know I always love your feedback. So if you do have any feedback, you know, email, reach out, send me a DM. My DMs are open. Um, but with that, I look forward to next time. Mm-hmm.